अथ पंचाशसर्ग विशालान्कोसलान् रम्यान्यात्वालक्ष्मणपूर्वज अयोध्यामुन्मुखोधीमान्प्रांजलिर्वाक्यमब्रवीत आपृच्छेत्वाम्पुरिश्रेष्थे काकुत्स्थपरिपालिते दैवतानिचयानित्वाम्पालयंत्यावसंदिच निवृत्तवनवासस्त्वामनुरुनोजगतीपते पुनर्द्रक्ष्यामिमात्राचपित्राचसहसंगतः अश्रुपोर्नमुखोदीनोब्रवीज्जानपदम्जनम् अनुक्रोशोदयाचैवयथार्हम्मयिवह्कृतः चिरम्दुख्खस्यपापीयोगम्यतामर्थसिध्धये तेभिवाद्यमहात्मानं कृत्वाचापिप्रदक्षिनं विलपंतोनराघोरं यतिष्थम्ष्चक्वचित्क्वचित् तथाविलपतांतेशामद्रुप्तानांचराघवः अचक्षुर्विशयं प्रायाद्यतार्कहक्षनदामुखे ततोधान्यधनोपेतान दानशीलजनांचिवान अकुतस्चिद्भयान्रम्याम्ष्चैत्ययूपसमावृतान उद्यानाम्रवनोपेतान संपन्नसलिलाशयान तुष्टपुष्टजनाकीर्नान गोकुलाकुलसेवितान रक्षनीयान नरेंद्रानाम ब्रह्मयोशाभिनादितान रथेन पुरुषव्याग्रह कोसलानत्यवर्ततान मध्येनमुदितं स्फीतं रम्योद्यान समाकुलं राज्यं भोज्यं नरेंद्रानाम ययोधृतिमताम वरहा तत्रत्रिपथगाम दिव्याम शीततोयामशैवलाम तदरिशराखवोगंगाम रम्याम रुषिनिशेविताम आश्रमैरविदूरस्थै श्रीमध्यस्समलंकृताम कालेप्सरोभिर्हुष्टाभिस्सेविताम भोहरदाम शिवाम देवदानवगंधर्वैह किन्नरैरुपशोभिताम नागगंधर्वपत्नेभिस्सेविताम सततम शिवाम देवाक्रीडशताकीर्नाम देवोध्यानयुताम नदीम देवार्थमाकाशगताम विख्याताम देवपद्मिनीम जलाघाताट्टहासोग्राम फेननिर्मलहासिनीम क्वचिद्वेनीकतजलां क्वचिदावर्तशोभिताम क्वचिद्स्तिमिरगंभीराम क्वचिद्वेगसमाकुलाम क्वचिद्गंभीरनिर्गोशाम क्वचिद्भैरवनिस्वनाम देवसंगाप्लुतजलाम निर्मलोत्पलसंकुलाम क्वचिदाभोगपुलिनाम क्वचिन्निर्मलवालुकाम हम्ससारससंगुष्टाम चक्रवाकोपशोभिताम सदामत्तैष्टविहगैरभिपन्नामनिंदिताम क्वचित्तीररुहैर्वृक्षैर्मालाभिरिवशोभिताम क्वचित्फुल्लोत्पलच्छन्नाम क्वचित्पद्मवनाकुलाम क्वचित्कुमुदखंडैष्टकुड्मलैरुपशोभिताम नानापुष्परजोध्वस्ताम समदामिवचक्वचित यपेतमलसंगाताम मनिनिर्मलदर्शनाम दिशागजैर्वनगजैर्मत्तैष्टवरवारणैः देवराजोपवाह्यैष्ट सन्नादितवनांतराम प्रमदामिवयत्नेन भूषिताम भूषनोत्तमैः फलपुष्पैक्किसलयैर्वृताम गुल्मैर्द्विजैस्तथाम विष्णुपादच्युताम दिव्यामपापाम पापनाशिनीम 
ಶಂಕರಸ್ಕಜಟಾಜೂಟಾಧ್ರಷ್ಟಾಂಸಾಗರತೇಜಸಾಮುದ್ರಮಹಿಷೀಂ ಅವಿದೂರಾದಯಂನದ್ಯಾಬಹುಪುಷ್ಪ್ರವಾಲವಾನ್ಸುಮಹಾನಿಂಗುದೀವೃಕ್ಷೋವಸಾಮೋತ
ಸಭಾರ್ಯಸ್ಯತೋಭ್ಯೇತ್ಯತಸ್ಥೌವೃಕ್ಷಮುಪಾಶ್ರಿತಾಶಯಾನಸ್ಯತೋಯಶಸ
then crossed in his chariot the blessed and lovely territory of Kosala, which was full of food grains and other riches, and was peopled by men given to charity, which had no fear from any quarter, and was covered all over with temples and sacrificial posts, which was rich in gardens and mango groves, and strewn with ponds full of water, which was thickly populated with contented and well-fed people, and abounded in herds of cows, each village of which deserved to be protected by kings, and which was made resonant with the chanting of the Vedas. Thence Sri Rama, the foremost of those possessed of firmness, drove at a moderate speed to a happy and prosperous territory, ruled over by a number of feudatory chiefs and abounding in lovely gardens. There, in the confines of that kingdom, Sri Rama, a scion of Raghu, saw the celestial and lovely river Ganga, which takes a threefold course, flowing as it does through heaven, earth, and the subterranean regions, carries cool waters, is free from duckweed sand, and is frequented by rishis. The blessed river was adorned with splendid hermitages standing not very far from one another, and its pools, overflowing with water, were resorted to at suitable hours by merry celestial nymphs. The blessed river was graced with the presence of gods and demons, Gandharvas, celestial musicians, and Kinnaras, and was constantly visited by the consorts of Nagas and Gandharvas. The well-known river was hemmed in by hundreds of pleasure hills forming part of the Himalayan range and adorned with celestial gardens. It coursed through the heavens for the benefit of gods and contained celestial lotuses. It assumed a severe aspect while indulging in a hoarse laugh in the form of a noise produced by the striking of its waters against rocks and seemed to shed a bright smile when covered with white foam. At some places, its water was reduced to the shape of plaited locks because of its flowing in a curved line, while at other places it was adorned with eddies. Somewhere its waters were still and deep, and at other places they were disturbed with violent agitation. Here it made a deep roaring sound, and there it produced a terrific noise. Hosts of gods took a dip into its water, covered all over with white lotuses. Here it was hemmed in with spacious banks, and there it was lined with white sands. The river, which is free from reproach in every way, was rendered noisy by swans and cranes and grazed with chakravakas, a species of bird which gets disunited with its mate by night, and other birds which are in rut all the year round kept hovering on its waters. Here it was decked with trees growing on its banks which encircled it like garlands. Here it was covered with full-blown lotuses, while there it was carpeted with a bed of lotuses. Here it was graced with beds of water lilies in the form of buds, while there it was reddened with a pollen of numerous flowers and looked like a woman excited with passion. 
Stocks of sins of those bathing in it or drinking of its waters are washed away by it and it presents an appearance spotless as the effulgence of a gem. The interior of the forest encircling its banks is rendered noisy by the elephants guarding the quarters, wild elephants and other tame elephants of excellent breed belonging to the Airavata species used for riding by Indra, the ruler of gods. Surrounded by trees laden with fruits and flowers and tender leaves, shrubs and birds of various species, it looked like a young woman artistically decked with the best of jewels. Not only devoid of sins, the celestial river dispels all sins, flowing as it does from the holy feet of Lord Vishnu. In deep waters, the river was infested with sharks and crocodiles as well as with snakes and had fallen from the mass of matted hair on the head of Lord Shankara, thanks to the yoga power acquired through religious austerities by Emperor Bhagiratha. In the vicinity of Sringaverapura, the modern Singror, Sri Rama, the mighty armed prince, reached the bank of the Ganga the principal consort of ocean, which was rendered noisy by cranes and herons. Perceiving the river, which was full of eddies interspersed with its waves, the great car warrior said to the charioteer Sumantra, Let us halt at this very spot today. Not very far from the river stands this very large ingudi tree containing abundant flowers and fresh leaves. Let us halt under this very tree, O charioteer. I shall clearly behold from that place the benign Ganga, the foremost of rivers, whose waters deserve to be respected by gods, human beings, Gandharvas, beasts, reptiles and birds alike. Saying, Very well, and nothing more to Sri Rama, a scion of Raghu, Lakshmana and Sumantra too, then drove up to the Ingudi tree in the chariot drawn by horses. Approaching that lovely tree, Sri Rama, the delight of the Ikshvakus, alighted from that chariot along with his consort and with Lakshmana. Getting down and unyoking the excellent horses, Sumantra too with joined palms stood by the side of Sri Rama seated at the foot of the tree. The king of that territory, Guha by name, was a friend of Sri Rama, dear to him as his own life. He was a Nishada by birth, possessed of bodily as well as military strength, owning as he did a large army consisting of all the four limbs, elephants, chariots, horsemen and foot soldiers, and well known as a ruler of the Nishadas. Hearing of Sri Rama, a tiger among men, having arrived in his territory and accompanied by his elderly ministers and relations too, he sought the prince. Seeing from a distance the ruler of the Nishadas waiting, the said Sri Rama, along with Lakshmana, son of Sumitra, thereupon went forth to meet Guha. Closely embracing Sri Rama, a scion of Raghu, Guha, who felt distressed to see him clad in the robes of a hermit, said to him, This principality of Sringaverapura is as much yours as Ayodhya, O Rama. 
what shall I do for you? In fact, who will get such a beloved guest as you, O mighty armed prince? Having brought cooked rice of excellent quality and other dishes of various kinds, he then quickly offered him water to wash his hands with and other articles of worship and spoke as follows. So the tradition goes. Welcome is your advent to this place, O mighty armed prince. This entire land of mine is yours. We are your servants. You are our master. Pray, rule over our kingdom in the proper way from now. Here are at your service dishes requiring mastication such as rice and those which can be eaten without mastication such as milk boiled with rice and sugar, those which can be drunk, those which are fit to be licked up and those which can be sucked. Moreover, there are excellent beds for you to sleep on, as well as fodder for your horses. To Guha, who was speaking as aforesaid, Sri Rama, a sign of Raghu, for his part, they say, replied as follows. We stand honoured by you, by your very coming, all the way on foot to meet us, as well as by your exhibition of affection, and are always pleased with you. Pressing Guha tightly, once more with his rounded arms, Sri Rama added the following. I am glad, O Guha, I see you quite in good health with your relations. Is all well with your state, allies and forests? I, for my part, accept and allow you to take back all this that has been lovingly offered by you since I do not make use of gifts for my own purpose. Know me as under a vow to wear a zone of kusha grass, the bark of trees and deer skin and to subsist on fruits and roots alone to practice austerities and dwell in the forest, remaining devoted to piety. I am interested only in having food for the horses and in nothing else. By being provided with this much at the present moment, I shall be duly entertained by you. Since these horses are beloved of my father, King Dasharatha, I shall feel honoured by these horses being duly fed. On that very spot, the said Guha commanded his men in the following words. Let milk, etc., which horses of excellent breed are given to drink after being fed with grass, etc., and barley flour mixed with ghee, sugar and so on, which they are given to eat in addition to grass etc. be promptly supplied to the horses. Having worshipped the evening twilight appearing in the west with an upper garment made of the bark of trees on his person, Sri Rama then took for food only water brought by Lakshmana himself, thus observing a fast in honour of the sacred river which he visited. Having cleanly washed the feet of Sri Rama and his consort lying on the ground to repose for the night and receding from that place, Lakshmana took his position at the foot of another tree close by. Following in the footsteps of Lakshmana, son of Sumitra, and encouraging him to speak on the virtues of Sri Rama and wielding his bow, Guhatu thereupon kept vigil with the charioteer remaining alert 
all the time in the interest of Sri Rama. While the illustrious, lofty-minded and high-souled Sri Rama, son of Dasharatha, who had never undergone suffering and who was used to all comforts, remained lying after that on the ground as aforesaid, that night eventually lingered away. Thus ends Canto 50 in the Ayodhya Kanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.